Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. This podcast is supported in part by the Bertha Foundation. G'day, Lewis. How are you? I'm very well, Daniel. How are you? Uh, happy New Year to you. And same to you. How's, uh, how's summer? How's life? You're looking... Um, I can't tell if you're looking tan because your light is so bright <laughs> that you actually look like you've got a post-apocalyptic tan. Yeah, that's right. Well, I have been in a bunker for the last four years, so I don't know exactly <laughs> what's happened, but I've emerged like a cicada and I'm ready to get my F on. Yeah. Um, Jeez Louise. <laughs> we are back. This is episode 98, which means, Lewis, episode 100 is coming up very soon. We've got a live show with Alice Fraser, Gabby Bolt, Sammy Shah. Uh, Lewis, you're doing it, I believe. I hope great thank you <laughs> again i love to i love to hear what i'm doing on these introductions also dj tom loud is playing the show aka hot dub Ooh. time machine chris taylor is joining us and i've got a i've got a hint of a special guest who will, i've been trading emails with lewis to see if mm-hmm. they would also do the show uh i'll give you give, i'll give you a hint um he's okay, re- i already know they use email so that's <laughs> a good start um uh he's recently moved to sydney Matt Damon. No, no. And it's not Matt Damon. Okay. It's not Sasha Baron Cohen. Uh, but he does mm-hmm. facilitate people putting toys together on television. Oh, interesting. And, interesting. And he is your professional competitor sometimes. I mean, let's be honest. Oh, sometime he ago. and I are not competitors. He is so much more successful than me. <laughs> he, I would be surprised if he was aware that we are competitors. There we go. So February 10th, Giant Dwarf in Sydney. I'm recording my end of a rational fear on Gadigal land in the Yorra Nation. Sovereignty was never ceded. We need a treaty. Let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, Fair Dickum. And Section 44. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. 
Tonight, Scott Morriston scolds Cricket Australia for acknowledging Indigenous genocide by saying, isn't changing one word in the anthem enough? And while Steve Bannon was pardoned by Donald Trump, only one of his seven shirts will be allowed out of prison. And Kamala Harris becomes the 47th President of America. Oh, no, sorry, uh, false alarm. Uh, I read that wrong. Uh, it's, uh, it's not right. Uh, it's the 22nd of January. A new day has dawned in America. This is Irrational Fear. Irrational Fear! Hey, and welcome to Irrational Fear. I'm your host, former owner-operator of the Greater Wynwood Exotic Animal Park, Dan Illich. Joining us to hold our hands through the toughest of stories this week is an American expat who refuses to acknowledge that the Trump administration ever happened. You may have heard him on TGIF. It's Tommy Dean. G'day, Tommy. Hello to you, As an Ameri- As an American, how are you feeling today? I'm feeling relieved. I'm feeling... Like we're moving forward, to borrow an Australian phrase, which we should borrow more of. Uh, I feel like a time for unity is here, but I think I think that only because Joe Biden said unity so many times, it's on my mind. <laughs> and she's on the quest to meet the king of spin so far, buying out a billboard and having a hit track with collabs from Flume and G-Flip. Isn't getting his attention? Who knows? It's Lucinda Froome's prize. Lucinda, what will be enough to get Shane Warne's attention? Um, well, I got it last night. He started following me. Wow! This is, this is, wow. we're breaking news here on Irrational Fear. <laughs> <laughs> it took me five years, five years wow. of messaging him back and forth, but now he will be my husband. <laughs> and finally is a man with legs that just won't quit. It's Lewis Hobber. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, um, it's summer. Uh, I, I, obviously, if you listen to this podcast in six months, it's American summer. It's always summer somewhere, baby. Uh, but one thing, I, I wear shorts. You know, that's called me crazy. Man, if you follow, if you follow Lewis on Instagram, you got some great summer pics ahead of you. Thank you so. Yeah, get in, get involved, please. I don't. Shane Warne isn't following me, but you know, we'll see. I can hook but, you um, up. Thank you so much. But every every time I wear shorts, someone asks me if I'm just gone for a run, and it's because I have. It's because my dumb legs are so skinny. Oh, right. I, I thought it was because your nipples are bleeding. I'm always jogging. that's just because um army hammer and i are friends (laughs) coming up later in the podcast i have a chat with us-based australian reporter brad blanks from his washington dc hotel where he was oh so close to the joe biden inauguration you could hear his pacemaker but first a message from this week's sponsor as spreaders of misinformation are banned from social media there's only one man you can turn to for reliable untruths Craig Kelly. There has been complete abandonment of reason. The most trusted man in lies is backing up every ill-conceived social media post and every awful conspiracy to his own website, craiganon.com. <laughs> For just $1 a week, you can get all the posts that Craig Kelly will soon be banned from posting publicly at craiganon.com, where he'll be posting anonymously under the nom de plume Craig Kelly MP. But how will you know it's Craig? Posts will be unhinged, misspelt and recycled from his sky. News rants. If you look at the peer-reviewed numbers, we're going to have pestilence and plague. The seven seas are going to sort of boil and rise. Because there's only one thing better than free speech. 
and that speech so free it's untethered to reality. Sign up to craigandon.com because the cost of free speech should be $1 a week. Craig and On proceeds will go towards Craig Kelly's Senate run in 2021 so he can be a Craig upon both your houses. <laughs> yes. Uh, all right, let's get stuck into the fears. This week's first fear is the Australian Open a tennis tournament or a re-education camp? Tennis players are some of the world's most privileged individuals and yet because a few of them just brought a little bit of coronavirus into the country with them, they've gone and got their balls in a knot. Fear mongers, um, should they be complaining about being stuck in quarantine? Tommy Dean? Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, they should. Why? Because how Why? else would we know they are there? <laughs> I think what a lot of us overlook about the professional tennis player is they only exist four times a year. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, the Australian Open, Wimbledon. The U.S. Open and the, yeah, the like, sometimes the French Open. A few of them appear for that, but that's you know played in some sort of weird surface that not everyone likes. <laughs> I, I love the arrogance of Australians to be like, "You should be lucky to be here." It's like they all live in Monaco for tax purposes. <laughs> Have you been to Monaco? It's delightful. They're not lucky to be here. We we want them here because we have nothing else to do except watch tennis. Novak Djokovic wrote a list of demands that he brainstormed with a bunch of other players, including move as many players as possible to a private house with a tennis court to, to facilitate training. I don't know, in Melbourne, all those houses are in Turak, which was ground zero for coronavirus. That's never going to happen. I have an idea. What's that, Frims? Put them in the Big Brother house. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Now that the Gold one- Coast Open. <laughs> I agree. The I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, Australian Open version. Yeah. I think it would be ideal because some of the stuff that they eat for training, it would not be something a real human would want to consume. So I think it would be a lot of fun to watch. It is, get, it is getting to that point, though. You know, some of the players have taken their protests one step further then posted photos of themselves uh, holding up signs against their hotel windows saying stuff like, I need practice, which kind of echoes similar signs that detained asylum seekers in Melbourne have been holding up against their windows for the last 14 months. Um, Kazakh star Yulia Putinseva even held up a sign reminiscent of the BLM protest, which said, I need to breathe fresh air. I'll tell you what, if I was an asylum seeker, I'd be holding up a sign against my window saying, we'll play tennis for freedom. Uh, <laughs> Fearmongers, is this kind of behaviour okay? Well, Australia has a proud history of skipping the queue if you're handy at sport. Like, we, you know, we, it goes a long way back. To when? <laughs> we, I mean, we've had, uh, there was the, the entire Dockage family. Remember the Dockage family? It was, they were pretty handy at tennis. And, and Demir Dokic was, they, they were just like skipped him through. And then we had the... Uh, Tatiana Grigorieva. Tatiana Grigorieva. <laughs> year, year, year 2000, silver at the Sydney Olympics and pole vaulting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, this is a Hunger Games suggestion, but it doesn't feel out of the pocket for uh, Peter Dutton to just say every refugee competes in some sort of scratch match. We find out what they're good at, send them to the AIS. <laughs> Tommy Dean, you, you came here on a sports bridging visa. What sport did you do? <laughs> oh, there's so many. That was the thing uh, at the time. Was, I, was, I was a heptathlete. <laughs> so I could just do a little bit of everything. Now, the secret with, you know, the pentathlon is another choice, the decathlon, just be kind of good at a lot of stuff. Hmm. No need to stand out. And yet you get to travel the world as an elite sportsman. I think the mistake tennis players have made is they totally focused on a single elimination sport. Uh, I can understand why a lot of the not so good players are deeply upset. They've had to stay here for 14 days, which is like 
10 days longer than most of them have to stay here <laughs> during the actual tournament. You know, they show up, play a match, pick up a check, go home. That full quote from Dan Andrews as well, when he told Novak Djokovic that he wouldn't be giving into his list of demands. The sentence he said before it was, people are free to send their list of demands, but no. But as soon as I heard that, I was like, wait, what? We're just allowed to send Daniel Andrews our demands? <laughs> oh, my God. All right. I'm putting, this is like better than Christmas. I'll put it full. Dear Santa, a million dollars, please. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this, but Sportsbet had put out a list of demands that Novak Djokovic was going to put up next. Uh, on it uh, include karaoke and smoke machines for all the players' rooms, uh, permission to play at any Melbourne karaoke bar. Uh, this one had quite long odds. Bruce McAvaney to join the Channel 9's Australian Open coverage. Uh, but the <laughs> longest one was at $67. It was a slab of VB. And I thought that was pretty accurate. No one's going to be ordering a slab of VB. I, I, but I think a lot of them are just asking for what they would have expected to get at the tournament. You know, I did fresh towels at every change. That's, <laughs> that's easy. Toilet breaks. Yeah. You know, a couple of kids in the corner to pick the balls up for them. <laughs> That's what they're I, missing the most. Who doesn't miss a couple of kids chasing your balls down for you? <laughs> hey, back in my day, that was called room service. <laughs> I, I've been trying to think about how to solve this because I love watching uh, the tennis. I'm not a huge tennis fan. I'm an Australian tennis fan. I, I care for a, a month, a year. But I do think that we do need to come up with some sort of solution for international sport. We've got the Olympics in Tokyo coming up later on this year as well. We need to come up with some sort of solution for that. And I think... It should just be cruise ships. Like we take the cruise ships. They've got it all. They've got tennis courts. We move all the players onto a cruise ship. TV crew, trainers, family, OnlyFans girlfriends. We move them all onto the cruise ship. And then it just sails from port to port. And we can just watch from, they can just pull up the Australian Open on the Ruby Princess. And then it's, you know, they can pull in. The U- at the harbour in the US and just travel around. I and love you know this. what they could do? You could, like, be put into the semifinals if you're the most popular on TikTok. Because mm. <laughs> that's this. what everyone's doing in uh, yeah. the hotel quarantine. It's amazing. Sorry, there's no reason that in the world that we're moving towards, we should prize honesty. There, there's no reason that we even have to get all together in Tokyo for the Olympics. Why not just let everyone run the event on their home track <laughs> and tell us what their time was? I just did the 100 <laughs> How'd you guys go? Uh, I did 100 meters uh, in four seconds. I beat you guys. It was. I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. Was sorry. World record again. Boo, boo, boo. A lot of records this Olympics. Thank you. I've entered every sport. Want, isn't it? That's what we want. <laughs> Lots of records, no drugs. Soon. <laughs> Irrational fear. Bernard Tomic's girlfriend complained. This is the worst part of quarantine. I don't wash my own hair. I've never washed my own hair. It's just not something that I do. Irrational fear. This week's second fear. Collectively, the world sphincter has loosened as the peaceful passing of the USA's nuclear codes went from Trump to Biden. The inauguration was a star-studded affair with appearances from stars like Tom Hanks. J-Lo took to the stage to perform her 1999 hit Let's Get Loud, introed and outroed by four minutes of This Land Is Your Land. And in a sign of unity, Garth Brooks, the whitest of all country singers, sang the African-American spiritual Amazing Grace. It was a nice touch, even if 
halfway through, he encouraged everyone around him at the inauguration to sing along too, forgetting for a moment that there was a global pandemic. You know, I was in shock, not because of the request to sing, but I, I totally forgot that before 2016, there were celebrities other than Scott Bayo and Kid Rock. I, I t- totally forgot about that. <laughs> uh, now, did you folks watch any of the inaugurations? What were your thoughts? Um, yeah, I dabbled. Uh, for me, it could have used a bit more three doors down. I was like, <laughs> Trump had it, baby. He had all the big games. Three doors down. Well, I actually Googled uh, during the inauguration the tr- who played at Trump's rally because like, I remembered everyone who said no. Yeah. But I didn't actually remember who had said yes. I remembered three doors down. But there was this guy who played the Trump inauguration who you should go and look up. His name is DJ Ravi Drums. And uh, essentially, he is like the Timmy Trumpet of the drum world. So for the Timmy Trumpet fans, he's a DJ who plays the trumpet. Right. And he's an Australian guy, hugely very rich, but quite odd. And, I mean, musically. And DJ Ravi Drums is that. He DJs and plays the drum kit. And, uh, and people are like, first of all, how did you, where were you on the list? Who are they asking that DJ Ravi Drums is playing? We're at a point where, like, uh, like Joe got actually, actually got Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> Trump got rejected by a Bruce Springsteen cover band. <laughs> that is that is a true story. Like that's where we went. And he's like the first generation immigrant. And everyone was like, "What are you doing? Like this guy hates immigrants." He's just like, "My dad's sick, and this is the last chance I'll get to perform at an inauguration in front of before my dad." And everyone's like, "All right, Robbie drums. You're that's in. good enough. You're in." Yeah. Don't forget that there was also the USA Freedom Kids. Like a little oh, uh, like toddler's dance troupe who eventually had to sue Donald Trump's campaign to get paid for the gig. That's oh right. Gosh. Yeah, that's right. Oh my God. Well, it was a very different scene two weeks prior. We all know the story uh, as the Capitol building was taken over by some enthusiastic World of Warcraft cosplayers. Unfortunately, four people didn't respawn. It was uh, very, very sad. Tommy, you have a family in America. How conservative are they and how are they managing this moment in time? Uh, they're very conservative. Uh, they are, uh, they're all the conservatives. Uh, they're NRA, they are Republican, they are Christian right. Uh, it's the trifecta of why I live in Australia. <laughs> so very much, very conservative. Um, but, but they're also reasonable people, you know. So it's been kind of interesting to, you know, they've always loved Donald Trump. He's always been their president. They love the Republican Party. And at every misstep, as we would call it, they just saw it as a, an educational moment. Well, he'll learn from that. That was my favorite. That's a, like the most I've ever heard my mom say that since I was a kid. We'll learn, learn from that. that. Oh, he'll learn from he'll that. He'll learn from that. Oh, my yeah. God. Bob, how do you feel about your guy paying off a professional porn star? Oh, he'll learn from that. <laughs> he'll learn. He didn't, he didn't obviously learn anything. <laughs> That's crazy. It's kind of interesting. I read, an, I read a Reuters article today um, in kind of preparing for the show and a part of a whole bunch of Telegram channels on the app Telegram where QAnon supporters are going, what the hell happened? What happened to the grand plan? What, hang on, does Q not exist at all? What's going on? This is going to be very disappointing for those people to come back to yeah. reality. Well, the guy who has been like the main QAnon uh, distributor, like kind of people suspect he is Q, but never confirmed. He sent everyone home. He his he did a, his post today was, guys. It was essentially what the 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 message was. It's over. Forget this. 
but the real like, like the real journey were the friends we made along the way, essentially. <laughs> oh God. Because I've seen posts from some of my crazy friends that have been like you oriented who are saying the same thing. Look, I'm a little disturbed to work out that this might have been a hoax, but I'm sticking to the fact that I researched for myself. <laughs> I learned a lot of stuff about me and sure. <laughs> The flat earthers are idiots, but we had a we had a reason. Frims, you spent a lot of time on the internet. Have you come across many QAnon supporters um, who are kind of in your world? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, we don't sort of, what sort of your self bubble do you live in, Lucinda? <laughs> how do you not right. come across it? But the question is, how do I accidentally stumble into pits of them? <laughs> I mean, I'd love to find out that Shane, that, that, that Shane Warne was a secret QAnon. QAnon. <laughs> yeah. Never say never. Now that the Trump administration is over, focus for the former president turns to building the presidential library. Rumours have it it could be the first presidential library with a drive-through. Given that Trump has never visited a library, fearmongers, what will the Donald Trump library look like? Frooms, what do you reckon? Like a McDonald's, like you said. How amazing would that be? He could make a mega McDonald's store. It would actually be amazing. I think kids would want to go to the Trump Museum, which would be great for America. It would be amazing if it was like a, a full drive through and you just ordered, you know, it was like, I'll have um, an art of the deal meal. Um, and it's like, do you want mine comp with that? Uh, I think that'd be great. Uh, someone on Twitter sent me a reply to my a drive through joke and he said, yes, and you can order a magazine. I thought that was very good. I thought that was very, very, very good. good. Very good. That was very good. Very well good. done. Well done. <laughs> right before Biden was sworn in to systematically dismantle Donald Trump's legacy, um, the Trumps landed in Palm Beach, Florida, and just moments after landing, Melania Trump left Donald on the tarmac so that Donald could wave to the cameras all by himself, which had people on social media wondering, is it finally over? As in, is their marriage finally over? Frooms, is it over between Donald and Melania? Yes. No, I think it'll be, it's so interesting because now that the stakes aren't as high, like we can really enjoy the Melania like lifestyle. Like hopefully she can open up a bit more and let us in because she's so mysterious and interesting. Interesting. And well, I want desperately to wish that some, there's some amazing story about how she got trapped in the Trump averse. There is. There is an amazing story and she's going to tell us one day. <laughs> I sure hope so because right now I still have my money riding on. She is a terrible person too. <laughs> Coming up at the end of the podcast, we reveal what Donald Trump wrote in a letter to Joe Biden as he uh, took over the Oval Office. Irrational fear. Joe Exotic, a.k.a. Tiger King, could get a presidential pardon, annoyed this one Trump loyalist. I'll be pissed if that dipshit does make the president's list of pardons. This is a rational fear. If there's been a big event in America in the last 20 years, there's been one man on the ground covering it, just like a journalist. But I, I, I hasten to add, he probably wouldn't count himself as a journalist. Uh, he is a, uh, a rollicking, roving reporter, I guess. is probably the best way to do it. He's one of my best mates. His name is Brad Blanks. He is on the ground in Washington, D.C. He was there for, inaug- for the inauguration. Brad, welcome to Irrational Fear. How are you feeling on the first, on the first day of a Biden presidency? 
<laughs> it's, it's an honor to be on your podcast, mate. Well, yeah, amazing. And you're correct. I am not a journalist. I just <laughs> like to go into the middle and have a chat. And I, yes, I am rollicking. I, I hope to report something. Um, it, it mightn't be of the highest IQ or intellect or um, acad- academia, but I will attempt to talk to those people and try to uh, spin what I've learned from them to people that somehow try to understand me. I was thinking of, I was thinking about this this morning, Brad, before I spoke to you, I was thinking, geez, you know, if you actually took all of Brad's work and you had a look at every single thing he's ever made, it actually is an incredible slice of Americana and American history. Like over two decades you've been on the ground at some of the biggest events in America and you do get to the heart of the story in a roundabout way. That's thanks, Dan. Yes. And this one has proven very difficult. This at the heart of this story, which is essentially an inauguration where no one could get in. And spare a thought for, for the real life journalists that actually have to get a story. I'm kind of just going on the radio saying there's men with soldiers and I'm not walking <laughs> past them right. on corners. I'm scared. I, I could do that and get away with that. But what about the, you know, the Argentinian American correspondent that needs something? And they're actually standing in the same spots as me at these locations around Washington, DC, where there's really no story. So it must be strange. Like, uh, if there's no one out and about, probably if you're a local in DC and you're just walking by the mall, you must have got gotten harangued by a thousand reporters to see how you're feeling like by the time it gets to you you'd be like it'd be like the SAG Awards Brad Blanks at the end of the line of the SAG Awards celebrities don't want to talk to you anymore you're like no I've had enough I've had enough of talking to reporters for the day I'm just trying to get some milk and some bread that's right. The poor woman walking in Cocker Spaniels just being smashed by <laughs> reporters from all over the world. She's like, oh, my goodness. Well, what, it, what is it feeling like? What does it feel like in in, uh, in a Biden America to start off with? And then how did it feel this yeah. morning at the inauguration? <laughs> yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, um, I, I feel better in, a weird, in some sort of weird way. Like, here's the thing with Trump. You always stopped when Trump was on TV on a Trump speech, and especially during COVID when he was actually going on television every day. It was incredible viewing from, and it was hard because you're watching it with, you know, a comedic take or going, oh, this is going to be funny. And then you're realising, oh, my goodness, this is the president. This is quite serious. (laughs) This is crazy what he's saying. So there's, yeah, you've had to balance yourself. And that's not very good to look at life through a lens where you're quite lighthearted and you're looking at a president speak and then you realise, oh, no, this is, this is, this is really shitty what's going on here. So, so that's, that, that's good that that stress is off my brain now. You're so um, right. You're so right. It's yeah. just a di- dilemma because Trump is, A, really entertaining, but, B, terrifying oh. in every single policy decision. That's right. Yeah, and and so now we wake up and Biden's, you know, a lovely, sweet man and, you know, when he does an Irish poem, it actually warms the inside of my heart and I'm not a big whiskey drinker, but when he does an I- Irish poetry, <laughs> I want to drink whiskey. He's that kind of guy, but I don't know how many long speeches am I going to to watch of his compared to lining up to watch Trump. So um, in some ways there's a, there's a pressure off and it'd be interesting to talk to like late night TV hosts, you know, comedy writers in that field of how they, how their careers now look for the next four years. What's Stephen Colbert going to do? I'm pretty sure Stephen Colbert won't be uh, bereft of jokes. I think there's plenty no. of humour to go around. Right. <laughs> um, what, but, but, what does, what does DC feel like right now? 
Yeah, yeah. So you know, I did my. I watched the inauguration. It was twelve noon. Uh, you know, American. Uh, you know, Eastern Seaboard time. That finished. I went out onto the street for one more walk around. There was maybe. 30 extra people on the street. On the, and this is the one street that runs parallel to the Washington Mall. And there, and, and let's say about 600, 700 metres you know, away from the mall, away from the White House, away from the Washington Monument. And uh, there were people out there walking around, having fun, playing some music, but no fanfare, really. Not like um, it's hard to compare to like the Obama inauguration in 2008, which I, well, 2009, January that I went to, which was 2 million people. And it was, you know, just madness, you know, and fun. And, uh, and then I went to the Bill Clinton inauguration in uh, 97 uh, January. And that was an absolute free for all. It was like, I think I was partying with Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders until three in the morning. I'm like, I'm like a young backpacker going, God bless America. So (laughs) this experience is, is a lot more quiet. And as I said, I walked down the street that's parallel to the mall closest to you know the White House and um, you know 30 40 people more people than there were there last night I imagine if people were allowed to go to the inauguration you would be partying with the golden girls because oh, of Joe Biden's that's, age that's right yeah <laughs> and you'd be a lot of socially distant um, you know hugging yeah. and uh, you know fake hugging so yeah a, a very weird experience to to be a reporter of uh, behind steel fences and barricades. So, um, <laughs> did, did you get anything for your New York radio hit at all? Did you get Did you get any good any good content? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Look, you know what's the weird thing about it is I've actually had a very fulfilling reporting experience. Like, oh, uh, why? I, I, why? The, the, I think turning up now. Now, wait, I'll give you. I'll give you the why. Okay. I've been stuck in a bedroom doing radio reports for nine months, reporting on COVID when I've been stuck in a bedroom out the end of Long Island. I really don't know. People would call me and I have to do radio reports on how New York City's feeling. And I'm like, what the hell am I going to say? I'd ring up my mate, Cozzy, who's living in the city. And he'd go, well, how the hell do I know? I'm sitting in my room. I haven't left. I go out to get groceries. This is the, the, you are, you are out of touch with the common man, Brad. You are on Long Island in the Hamptons in your Brad Blank's bunker. Are are people from all over Australia calling you to want to know what's going on? Is that what you're talking about? I, I get it. I mean, I don't know what you know, Carl Stefanovic uh, Today's Show or Sunrise has told all my mates in Australia, but they seem to have Austra- America burning. And um, <laughs> right. so I've come out <laughs> into the real world and it's actually n- not bad. The traffic's really heavy. Um, there seems to be a lot of commerce. It's just that the Washington, D.C. streets are shut down and there were no insurrectionists anywhere and... Um, uh, other than just you know, it would just it just looked like a, a a base in Kabul or Baghdad. Other than that, <laughs> it seems America is on the right track. Dan, now you watched the inauguration closely. How did you feel about his speech? Yeah, yeah, as a, yep, great, fine. You know, um, hit all the right marks. Um, you know, I, I think his speaking's got better, which is <laughs> interesting. In the whole, you know, as a guy that's aged in the last year, and he's, yeah. uh, you know, but they say he ran his um, he his whole he ran for president from his basement. Um, now that he's out and getting a, getting a bit of sunshine, he, he sounds great. I think they've increased the font size on the auto cue. <laughs> yes, yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah, he only stumbled a few times. I noticed that he repeated a couple of sentences, and I'm like, oh, poor guy. But no, but that's you know, how, I mean, through, we forget yeah. that he's like a dyslexic, right? He's, he's you know, he's that's actually dyslexic. Could, yeah, we kind of forget yeah, this. Yeah. yeah, that's right. <laughs> so pretty. no, he's he's he was good, and 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 I've. 
Yeah, I was one of the people that were like, oh, geez, they're putting up a, yeah, this is a year ago. Oh, the Democrats are putting up a 77-year-old yep. against Trump. This is going to be, what are you doing? What are you doing? And he just kept winning a lot, a, along the, you know, uh, along the trail and, and now he's president and I'm, I've warmed to him. I mean, I, I feel good with the, 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 uh, the big guy and he, he's fun and cheerful and likes a joke and yeah. Anyway, not that, not that I, I, I don't vote, but I'm, I'm not as I'd vote for him because he likes a joke. But um, yeah, he seems like a good man. Yeah, he loves a he loves a good smell of a woman's head, just like any other yes. man. <laughs> yes. Well, Brad, now that um, Trump is gone, there's probably more hope that I will absolutely be allowed to return to America. So I hope to visit you again soon. <laughs> were you were you on his radar? You reckon? Do you reckon the Secret Service had a photo of you somewhere? I, I, no, I have no doubt. I have no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> How's uh, Morrison handling you? Yeah, Prime Minister Morrison. Does he get? Does he like you? Oh, he doesn't care. He doesn't. He doesn't <laughs> care about me at all. Brad, Brad, nobody cares about me. I'm just a little fella with my little podcast. On, yeah, it's, you're the most winningest podcast in history. That's right. That's yeah. right. No, you don't win best comedy podcast. Look, here right. we go. Oh, here we go. Oh, let me show you, mate. Me, here's, here's the trophy. Uh, you know, just like uh, Scott Morrison, I've got a trophy on my desk. Yeah, yeah that makes me so proud. You know, remember, I can always say that you brought the best out in me when I was at the Porno Awards. Uh, Yes. yes, the there was you know I was thinking that I mean that trip we did in two thousand and eight was it eight that was yeah. an incredible trip all over America yeah. and yeah. you made some funny stuff yeah it was great well you you inspired me that was good I mean I think I got profusely ill the night of the porn awards we were in the press room and I I, I got sick there I don't know what happened maybe maybe I'm not as kinky as I thought I was maybe it was just a... <laughs> maybe you picked up an STD from the expo floor. <laughs> Yeah, maybe oh, that expo floor. My goodness, it's like the, yeah, the Royal Sydney Show, isn't it? But for porn, <laughs> uh, if you want to see Brad uh, on the floor in Las Vegas at the Porno Awards, something a video that I directed and produced with him, I'll add the link in the show notes, and you can check that out. Yeah. Brad Blanks, yeah. thank you so much for spending some of your evening with us. Yeah, thanks, Dad. Have what a, a day for a d democracy, Dan. Democracy. Have a safe drive back to New York City. Yeah, thanks, mate. You're a good man. <laughs> Brad Blank's there, coming to us from his own hotel room in Washington DC. It's interesting the uh, the no the focus the fact that journalists are so used to having a constant churn of insanity to report on, and now suddenly like everyone's wired, everyone's like match fit for insanity, and there's no <laughs> insanity to play. And I really wonder where that energy is going to go. Like for me, if I was a world leader, I would be nervous because for the last four years. You could shit on a stool in the middle of parliament and it would not be the craziest story of the day. <laughs> like you could do almost anything and get away with it. Whereas now, like I saw today that Scott, like Scott Morrison opened his mouth and I don't know if you guys saw this about mm. uh, talking about the, the 12 ships that arrived in Australia and the, the day, Australia Day and whether or not it should be celebrated. And his, his argument was... It wasn't too flash for the guys on the ships either, was his was more or less his quote. And like a week ago, mid-insurrection, that might not have hit the news. But today, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, that's the stupidest fucking thing that I'm going to hear today. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, the dumbest man in the room is you. You've got to like keep your shit together now. After we've lived through this moment, it's kind of like, I'm thinking about Scott Morrison. Is he a white supremacist too? Is this what's <laughs> is, is this what's yeah. going on? 
It's, it's, the bar was so low for four years that you had to do nothing to jump over it. Now we could be the lowest bar. Well, right now in America, everybody's trying to out-crazy each other to kind of play to the Trump base so they can consolidate the base around themselves. I don't know if you've seen uh, like what Ted Cruz is saying is awful and what Mike Pompeo is saying is awful. All these folks are trying to kind of position themselves to be the 2024 kind of uh, a, a new Trump. And so they're trying to out-crazy Trump in order for those Trump people to kind of attach themselves to them. So that's kind of the... That's kind of the really annoying thing right now is that Trump is gone, but now there's 10 more Trumps because there's this base that is ready to vote for them. <laughs> it's a babushka doll. You open one <laughs> yeah. and Trump's it is, it is. It's, like, it's like some sort of stupid Hydra. Uh, yeah. But I'm also, I do have this little bit of hope in me that, you know, one day we will come together because of a group of Trump supporters will be coming down the aisle and another Trump supporter group will be coming down the aisle and they're both that sort of extended each side of crazy. And they're going to be wanting to talk about how awful the world is. And then together, as two disparate groups, they will suddenly discover as one that T-shirts are still unbelievably cheap at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be so happy. And they'll all buy a new T-shirt that says, America, it's kind of okay. Yeah. Thank God for globalism. That's what they have to go back to. Make it great again. It's always been kind of okay. Yeah. That's the future we have to sell. I think it, it was never terrible. Even talk of it being in ruin now is oversold. It's always been kind of okay. I think in 2021, that's all you can ask for. All you can ask for is your that's nation state to be kind of okay. Kind of okay. Irrational fear. Australia Day, it's all about acknowledging how far we've come. When those 12 ships turned up in Sydney all those years ago. It wasn't a particularly flash day for the people on, on, on those vessels either. Irrational Fear. Um, that's it for Irrational Fear. A big thank you to Tommy Dean, Lucinda Frooms Price, and Lewis Hobber. Uh, do you folks have anything to plug? Tommy, do you want to plug anything? Uh, I'm going to be selling. I'm kind of okay. <laughs> Frooms, do you have anything to plug? Um, yes, I have my Flight Facilities remix of my song, Frooms World the Song. That's going to come out next week. Well, excuse um, me? Who's remixing it? Flight Facilities. Oh, my God. <laughs> so it's coming out next week. And then um, wait for the album drop at least by uh, August. Uh, this, this, this is a prank gone too far, Frooms. <laughs> I'm, I've been serious the whole time. <laughs> I can't wait for the invitation to the wedding. Uh, <laughs> Lewis, do you have any? Do you have any shows coming up? Maybe one in February uh, that you want to plug? I just, I've just found out about a really great show, a um, hundredth episode of Irrational Fear in February, Giant Dwarf Theatre. You'd be mad to miss it. Incredible lineup of guests. Uh, including the much better me, Hamish Blake. <laughs> but uh, perhaps, perhaps we haven't sold. We haven't, well, I'm just waiting for him so I can announce it. But but he, he said pencil it in, so I, I'm taking that as 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 locked in. As locked in as a good piece of Lego. I mean, no, that's specifically not what pencil it in means. You, you really <laughs> <laughs> big thanks to Road Mics, the Bertha Foundation, our wonderful Patreon supporters, with whom we cannot do this. By the way, if you are a Patreon supporter, you get discounts to the live show. So make sure you head. 
dollar add-along. Look at Patreon, get the discount code, plug that in. Now I'm going to leave. Oh, big thank you also to Jacob Brown, Virginia Gay, Rupert Dagas, Killian David, David Bluestein, our Discord jockeys, Covert Kizzer, P McNeil, Ads, Peter Lawler, and Miss Maddie P. We'll leave you with this. Uh, as is tradition, most presidents leave each other a little handover note, wishing the incoming president well. We've actually managed to uh, get a copy of Donald's letter that he gave to Joe Biden. Here it is. Dear Joe, as your senile, I will write this letter slowly. As I leave the White House with my wife and her lookalikes, I reflect on my time here as a career highlight, up there with when I played a successful hotel owner in Home Alone 2, Lost in New York. Even though you had the highest amount of votes in U.S. history, I had the second highest, and second is better than first. Just as two is higher than one. That's just a fact. Look it up. So with that in mind, congratulations on pulling off a hoax election and undermining the country. I doff my red cap your way and have chosen to write this letter in my finest crayon. You have ruined democracy in ways I could only dream, and I usually only dream of the hamburger, but as a chick with big tatas. It has been an honor being the president of a country that would allow me to be president. Sincerely, Donald J. Trump. P.S. Follow me on parlor. P.P.S. Actually, don't follow me on parlor. <laughs> That's that was it. Beautiful. Uh, thank you. That was the wonderful Rupert Dagas, written by Killian David and produced up by Jacob Round. That was very good. Um, thanks, everyone. That's it. Love it. Great. Thanks, Dan. We'll see you next time. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.